Good day and welcome to Part 8. Tonight we start our Easter 2010 series, looking at particular highlights of the Easter story. In this particular podcast, we will look briefly at two events from Jesus' last night, the Lord's Supper and the Lord Serves. And throughout the three years of his ministry, Jesus had preached the good news of God's salvation in order to reconcile people back into relationship with Almighty God. Through the cross and resurrection, his mission will be fulfilled. We look into his last night before his death on the cross, which as Christians we believe is both the pivotal and climactic event of all human history. So firstly, the Lord's Supper. Let us read together Luke chapter 22, verses 14 to 20. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Depending on your church and your church background, this event can be called, amongst other things, the Eucharist, Holy Communion, or the Lord's Supper. Christian disciples are commanded to participate. As Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He said that in verse 19 of our reading. Some churches do it every service and others do it monthly. Some others weekly. Whenever we participate in it, We do it regularly as a remembrance of Jesus until he comes again. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26. The bread, the bread symbolizes his body broken on the cross, and the wine symbolizes the blood which was shed on the cross. Therefore, before we partake of the bread and the wine, we are to examine ourselves and confess any unforgiven sin. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28 to 29. This is done because it would be hypocritical to eat it while harboring known sin in our hearts and having fellowship with Jesus and others in the church. This Last Supper, Eucharist or Holy Communion, what is the significance for us? According to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17, it symbolizes fellowship with other believers in the universal church. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16 We receive the benefits of his once and for all sacrifice. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 24 We spiritually feed upon Christ. As we read in Luke 22 verse 19 It symbolizes the death of Christ for our sin. It symbolizes our acceptance of Christ's death for us. It symbolizes our dependence on Jesus Christ for spiritual life. 
And finally, finally when a person remembers, that makes it their own personal story. If something is only recorded as an historical event, then that is somebody else's story being recorded. That is why Holy Communion is personal. It's our story. And hopefully it is yours also. And all these symbolize a new covenant made between God and Jesus' disciples. A covenant guaranteeing salvation. The new covenant is a new meal in order to remind his followers in every age and every year and every century about the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The new covenant, Jesus claims that his death was spoken about by the prophets Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 31 and Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 36. It was a new covenant in which God's people will be able to know God intimately for their sins will be forgiven. Whenever a covenant was made between God and humanity in the Old Testament, blood was always shed. Jesus' blood shed on the cross is the seal of this new covenant, which is why we remember it in the bread and the wine. And we think and believe that the bread and wine are only symbolic of Jesus' blood and body, because any other view would indicate that Jesus Christ is being re-sacrificed. Certainly an untenable position, particularly in the light of Hebrews chapter 7, which refutes these views, in particular Hebrews 7 verse 27, which talks about Jesus' death on the cross. For he did this once for all, when he offered up himself. The bread we eat and the wine we drink at Holy Communion were only symbolic of his sacrifice, and they can never be a reenactment of that sacrificial death of atonement on the cross. Then secondly, we look at the Lord's service. Let's read together John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. 
Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. As part of the custom of the day, a servant or slave usually undertook foot washing of guests. And since none of the disciples had done this, Jesus himself undertakes the task. Peter is uh, recalcitrant, stubborn, and resistant as always, and objects. Peter learns that only those cleansed by Jesus and trusting in him fully can be part of the kingdom of God. As we look back at this episode, knowing what we do now of the cross, we learn how this simple act of washing feet is symbolic of Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. But it also tells us more than that. Serving others as Jesus did throughout his ministry is to be part of the life of anybody who would call himself or herself a follower of Jesus Christ. It is one of the hallmarks of being a Christian. Another hallmark is that of allowing others to serve us, just as Peter had to allow Jesus to wash his feet by both serving and being served. We reflect the life of Jesus Christ. When serving and being served are out of balance, then usually it is our own innate human pride that is at fault. The cross and washing feet are both displays of great love and service. Just as Peter opposed Jesus going to the cross in Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 to 23, so here he objects to having his feet washed. Jesus' Jesus's getting up to serve symbolizes his coming to serve. As he took off his cloak, this symbolizes the taking off of his glory when he became man. Girding himself with a towel symbolizes his taking on human flesh and the incarnation and his birth. And as the water cleansed the feet, so Jesus' death and blood cleanses from sin. As he returned to where he was sitting and sat down after finishing this act of service, so too did Jesus return to the right hand of God after his work on the cross and his resurrection. And when you and when other people become Christian, your sins are forgiven through Jesus' death on the cross. That is when you have had your bath, as it were. That is the very point when, when you, if you are a Christian, were justified before God and are declared his child. Having been justified already, we don't need a bath anymore. But we do need the equivalent of a feet washing daily, or every time we take Holy Communion, and the cleansing of our unforgiven sin when we confess it before our God and repent. How are you doing? How is your Christian life of service and allowing others to serve you? Are you somehow like Peter and not wanting to be served? Are you other extreme and not wanting to serve others? Then please do pray for opportunities whereby you can both serve and be served. And when you participate in the Lord's Supper this Easter, 
think back on the greatest servant of all and how your sins are forgiven because of his service to you and the great cost that it was. Thank you.